This is the 10,000 Depositions Later podcast, episode 29. I'm Jim Garrity. This is a Lessons from the Front Lines episode, which is where we spotlight a brand new or otherwise noteworthy case on a specific deposition issue. Today's focus, do you have the right to depose a witness that another party already noticed and deposed? What if you attended and didn't ask a single question? No big deal? Or did that party's one shot at deposing that witness count as your one shot as well, absent consent or court approval? In episode 28, we talked about whether your adversary can depose your client multiple times in the same case. Today's case spotlight's a little different and asks the question, can you notice for deposition a party or non-party witness that someone else in the case has already deposed? Suppose you're attending a deposition that another party has noticed and the examining lawyer ending her examination says, no further questions. Everybody looks at you and you say, I don't have any questions at this time. So the deposition comes to an end. On your way out the door, you tell the other lawyers casually that you may notice the deponent at some point later in the case, once you complete additional discovery, to which one of the lawyers says, nope, we're not going to agree to that. Now what? Can they stop you? You didn't notice the deposition. You didn't cross notice it. You didn't even ask any questions, so it wasn't your deposition in any sense of the word. And on this hypothetical, you're nowhere near your 10 deposition limit under Rule 30 if you're in federal court. So can you just issue your own notice later, set your own deposition to witness, and proceed over the objection of the other party? Well, if you're in federal court under Rule 30, you have a problem. Rule 30 says you need consent or an order of the court to take the deposition of a deponent that has already been deposed in the case by anyone. So the rule doesn't just extend to your efforts to depose a witness multiple times. It extends to anyone's effort to take a second deposition of a witness that was previously deposed in the same case by anyone. So if you held your fire in a deposition that somebody else noticed, thinking you'll get your thoughts together, conduct some additional discovery, and then separately notice that deponent later, you could have a problem. And that's an awkward conversation to have, whether you represent individuals in your practice or a corporation, and you've got to now dial up your general counsel and explain why you might not be able to ask the questions that you had planned on asking because you didn't appreciate that Rule 30 prevents you from resetting the witness absent consent or court order, even if you didn't ask a single question previously when it was noticed by someone else. And by the way, even if you're in state court where you may not be bound by this kind of rule, this notion is still something to think about. And because even when you practice in a jurisdiction where there isn't a hard number on the number of times a witness can be deposed, there are still rules in every jurisdiction that your opponents can use to block a second deposition of a witness, even one you didn't take the first time, on grounds of harassment or undue burden or expense. So you want to at least make sure this is part of an intentional strategy. If you decide to attend that deposition of a deponent noticed by someone else and you decide not to ask any questions. You want to make sure you understand you may not get a second chance to do that. So today's lesson comes from a court decision issued two weeks ago on February 1, 2021 by a federal judge in New Mexico. The case is City of Las Cruces and Doñana County versus United States of America and a couple of other governmental entities and apparently some dry cleaners that did or still operate in the area. In reading the opinion, it appears that the city and county took the position that the federal government and some of those private sector companies had contaminated uh, some property in the area. And so they filed suit to try and recover some of their cleanup costs. 
Long story short, the United States tells the two plaintiff governmental entities and the other co-defendants that it wants to take a 30B6 deposition of the city and county. Uh, one defendant, American Linen, basically responds and says that its lead lawyer had scheduling conflicts on the dates that the United States proposed to do the 30B6s of the plaintiffs, but that American Linen didn't mind if the 30B6s go forward because another lawyer from the firm could cover and American Linen's lead lawyer could depose the city and county in separate 30B6 depositions of its own later in the case. So American Linen is essentially responding to emails or however they were exchanged between the United States and the plaintiffs. You go ahead and do your 30B6 of the, of the two governmental entities. We'll do ours later. City and county write back the next day and they say, well, not so fast. As we read the federal rules, all the defendants together are entitled to just one 30B6 deposition. And the rule they cite is uh, Federal Rule of Civil Procedure 30A2A2, which says that absent stipulation of the parties, you've got to get court approval if you want to set a deposition of a deponent already deposed in the case. So this isn't a situation where the city and county essentially laid back and sandbagged American Linen or any other defendant by remaining silent about what it believed the rule's limitations were. It encouraged the defendants to coordinate the 30B6 depositions and to get all of their topics apparently on a single page because uh, the city and county said, we may not consent to a second 30B6 corporate representative deposition by anyone. So what happens? Well, exactly what you predict. Later that month, the United States takes its 30B6 depositions of the corporate representatives from the city and from the county. Apparently, American Linen chose not to coordinate uh, or co-notice the deposition although it did send a lawyer to cover, and that lawyer asked no questions because, according to the court opinion, he had limited familiarity with the case. The opinion goes on to say that when American Lennon's counsel was asked in the deposition if it had anything that it wished to ask the corporate representatives for the plaintiffs, uh, the lawyer for American Lennon in attendance, as instructed by the lead counsel, apparently said simply that American Lennon did not have any questions at this time. Now, we know from reading the opinion that there were some efforts to settle some of the claims that a number of the defendants uh, settled out and that the case continued on between American Lennon and the two governmental entities. Both sides uh, apparently attempted to take multiple 30B6 depositions of each other and motions to quash and motions for protective order by both sides followed. So with both sides lining up to take a second corporate representative deposition of each other, what did the court have to say? First, the federal judge says that the rule, the general rule against a second deposition of a deponent applies with equal force to 30B6 corporate representative depositions. Second, the judge says it doesn't matter who took the first deposition. If a witness or a corporate representative has already been deposed, then you've got to have consent or court approval to depose that person yourself. So the judge addresses this issue by beginning with the majority position that the limitation against multiple depositions of a deponent applies with equal force to both individual depositions and 30B6 corporate representative depositions. The judge says taking serial depositions of a single corporation would be as costly and burdensome, if not more so, as serial depositions of an individual. So the judge says it doesn't matter who took the first 30B6 deposition. All of the defendants could have easily coordinated all of their 30B6 topics, and the failure to do so precluded additional 30B6 depositions. 
As for the argument that the lawyer that American Linen sent didn't ask any questions and so didn't technically conduct any piece of the deposition, uh, the judge rejected that argument um, without hesitation, saying that this kind of interpretation does violence to the text and the purpose of Rule 32A2. And here's what the judge had to say, quote, textually, Rule 30A2A2 attaches the leave of court requirement to the deponent who's already been deposed in the case, not to the taker of the deposition. The use of passive voice in the rule renders the identities of the takers of the earlier deposition and or the second deposition immaterial to the rule's applicability. If the drafters had wanted this provision to apply only where the same party had already deposed the same deponent, the drafters could have easily said so. So bottom line, in federal court, no second deposition of a witness, including a corporate representative, without consent or court approval, regardless as to who noticed it the first time around, who cross-noticed it, who asked questions, and who didn't. And again, that's the consent of the parties or court approval. It doesn't matter that a deponent is willing or unwilling uh, to be redeposed. It's got to be consent of the parties or court approval. Now, what if you're in state court? Well, again, even though most state courts have no explicit rule against the redeposition of a party or non-party witness, all of the same underlying rationales apply here as well. If you're in the situation that American Linen was in here, you could still face an argument in a state court proceeding that you had an opportunity to depose a particular witness when the witness was sitting there having been noticed and questioned by someone else, and that it's a form of harassment or maybe an undue burden to bring them back again. So even if you practice chiefly or exclusively in state court, you still have to contemplate the possibility that someone might oppose your efforts to notice a witness that's already been deposed. And you want to be mindful of that possibility when you make the decision, the critical decision, whether to ask questions in that first noticed deposition of the witness or to sit tight and try to schedule another deposition later. One of the key lessons here is this. If you anticipate that you might want to hold fire and question this witness later in a separate deposition, address that topic with the opposing counsels before the deposition begins or with the court. If you feel like you've got good cause to raise this issue with the court, don't wait until the deposition is underway or worse, until the deposition is over before you raise the subject. You might just be out of luck. So that's the lesson for today. Be careful. If someone else notices the deposition in your case, in federal court in particular, take note that that might be your only shot as well to question that witness in a deposition. So whatever you decide to do, whether to ask questions or to pass for the moment, make sure it's part of an intentional strategy. All right, that's it for today. Interesting topic and one that I think sneaks up on folks from time to time uh, in federal court proceedings. All right. Thanks again for listening. And if you don't mind, please do take a moment and give us a five-star rating wherever you get your podcast, whether it's Google Play, Spotify, or Apple. As I've mentioned before, that's how the various algorithms on these sites determine which podcast to promote, and we could sure use a helping hand. Have a great one.